This is Madeline. And this is Cami. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 92. Hey, Cami, have you ever felt stuck when you were starting a new project? Funny you ask that, Madeline. I made one of my biggest mistakes when I got stuck one time. Oh, that sounds interesting. How did you get out of it? Guess you're going to have to listen to find out. Okay, so we'll make it a cliffhanger then. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So it was about five years ago, and I paid $5,000 to hire a coach because I felt completely stuck in my business. Even though I'd had lots of success, I just felt like I needed some help to get out of where I was. I felt like every day I was showing up and not getting projects finished and nothing was getting done. And I was really overwhelmed. It did happen. And I did. I put down $5,000. I got a coach. It turned out that that coach was not the right coach for me. (laughs) She was really nice, but she was just not... She and I were not aligned in how we kind of go forward with things. So I did learn a lot too about picking a coach and understanding what that was. But I will say just even... I know this sounds weird, but just giving her that money, I got myself unstuck. I know that sounds really weird, but it was like... She didn't even really help me per se, but I felt like... I helped myself after that. Like, I have to get out of this. I'm not doing that again. And I just went forth. So I guess two stories there. Number one, that you have to pick a really good coach. You have to make sure that that person is aligned with you and kind of who you are. She was more into crystals and things like that. And I'm just not. So it wasn't my thing. too woo-woo? Maybe for me at the time, especially. Maybe it was just the timing of it too. But yeah, a little woo-woo for me. But I did talk to her about a few things. And I realized I just needed to get out of it. So... I came up with a couple of things that have helped me to kind of do that and just to move forward. And I know you have too, because you are like the ultimate action taker. You have it like basically tattooed on your arm. So I've always (laughs) felt... Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I've always felt a little bit inferior to you on this subject. So what we're... Why don't you start, Madeline? Because I think that's appropriate. What was the first thing that we came up with? Yeah. So... You know, for me, first and foremost, I need to write out a plan. You know, when I'm trying to get a project started and, you know, it's easy to get so wrapped up into too many things and and it just doesn't go anywhere, right? We just get so bogged down with too much that what works for me is actually write things down and do it in a very simple way. I'm not talking about like super detailed, like I like to just really do bullet points, but just writing it out having the steps. So that way, you know, I can see it is visual. It makes sense to me. I like to use Google Docs to get started. 
And that's how it's always worked well for me, just starting with a plan. Yeah, that's great. And you know, I know we use Google Docs for our podcast as well. We actually use a Google Sheet, which is a little bit more like Excel or something. But then we can collaborate together on the different episodes. But that thing has become basically our own little Bible, that one sheet with all the little tabs. So we've added tabs as we've gone along. So don't worry about getting it all perfect at first. You can add more stuff as you go. And we do. We have, right? Absolutely. It's better to just get something on paper, in a document, something to get started, and then you can always tweak it as you go. Right. And I think that just that effort of putting something down on paper, even if it ends up being five bullet points, it's just a place to start. And I think getting started is part of getting unstuck. You know, that first step. It's just not knowing necessarily all the answers. We don't know all the answers when we first start a project. We can't know them. And in fact, as you start doing the work, believe it or not, it starts to tell you what's going on. So the second thing we really want to talk about in this point is, I just want to talk about Twitter Smarter because you have a podcast called Twitter mm-hmm. Smarter too, yep. opposite of this one, probably even a little more popular than this one. Lots of people know about it. But it's been a little while since you put it out, right? It's been a whole year, Kami. I, I, I just cannot believe I, it was really just going to be a short hiatus because I was multitasking too much last year, wasn't really focused on on having a collaborative team, which is what I'm doing now. So I've been wanting to get back to it. But also I've had personal stuff. You know, my father passed away back in January, been taking care of my mom. And, you know, I have to juggle things, you know, life can change in an instant, which is what it's done for me in this past year. So I want to get back to my Twitter Smarter podcast. It is so much fun to do. People really like it. But you know, I got to make it happen. I got to just do it. So I can't believe it's been a year. So I keep kicking myself, but there's no better time to start something than now. Yeah, absolutely. Sooner sooner than later. Right. And so what did, I mean, really, you and I talked about this right before we recorded this. And you gave me a list of, I don't know, six things. You didn't even really, it's not that big of a deal, guys, because I mean, really, it's six things that she wrote down. Could you tell us what your six things are that you need to do to get it started again? Absolutely. So I want to restart the podcast. And, and it's like, okay, what do I need to do to restart it? Because it's one thing to say, hey, let's restart it, but I got to go take action. So what are the steps I need to take? So first and foremost, number one for me is restart the podcast. That's what I'm gonna do. Number two, I want to schedule people, but I first need to check Calendly. That's the program I use to, yeah, the tool that I use to schedule my guests. It's an interview podcast. So everybody that comes on is a a guest on there. So I need to make sure my Calendly is still in in check. It works good. I need to test it. Then I'll start scheduling people. And these are things I'm going to start doing now because these are all no-brainers. Just takes a moment to do and I'll just start scheduling people. As I go along, I can tweak this up. You know, There's no one right or wrong way to do any of this. It can be done however you want. I will tweak this as I go. I just need to start with something. So those Mm -hmm. are the first things I want to do. And then I'm going to check with my podcast editor, our awesome Jerson, the the most fabulous editor ever for podcasts. He edits edits this podcast for us. And he also edits my Twitter Smarter podcast. So I need to check his schedule and make sure he's available so that he could do that for me. If not, then I need to go find someone else. And I want to check with my VA. I do have a virtual assistant that helps me with my podcast show notes. I feel like when I get these items all going, that's it. I'll hit the ground running. So I, but I'm eager to start now. So it first starts with writing out a plan. Well, and the great thing is that underneath each one of these points, there's going to be subtasks and things like yes. that. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. And really, that's our second point, which is create a system that is repeatable. So especially for something like a podcast, 
we do this every week. It goes over and over and over, rinse, repeat over and over and over. If you're doing something like that, or even if it's once a month or even once a year, you need to have a system for that so that the, the next time that you do it, you don't have to recreate the wheel every time. So definitely have a system. So one of the most important things you can do is do this as soon as possible as you're putting it together. In fact, today, I have to tell you, I do contracts for the the bloggers that we use for Texas Travel Talk. And I was putting that into Hello Sign because we do this contract. And I thought, you know, why do I put this thing in every time? So I went back and I made some tweaks to the contract with just some blanks in it so that each time it could be filled out differently, but I can use the same contract over and over, which I do anyway. But this way, I don't have to upload it, re-put in all the fields, do all of that stuff. So I'm like, why haven't I like automated this before? Because I put out about you know 10 of these every couple of months. So you want to have something in place that you can just quickly do it because that's how you're going to multiply your time. Really, it is over time is that you're going to do the work once and then it's going to just go over and over and again. It's the same thing with your email. You know, when you put together a sequence, an email sequence or something like that, that you don't have to do the work over and over and over again. It's super important. So some of the best ways we do that, we use actually also again, Google Sheets. We talked about that for this podcast. We have a list and you use Trello, right? As well for our podcast. Trello. Yes. Trello Mm -hmm. works so great. I use it pretty much for everything, Cammie. For this podcast, I have Trello in place where I have checklists. So that Mm -hmm. way it's all the system is repeatable. I don't have to sit here and start over every time I just go to my checklist and do everything in order. It makes things go so much quicker. So I love it. I love how easy it is to use. And I do this for my Twitter Smarter podcast as well. My Twitter chats, both Twitter chats I host, social ROI and Twitter Smarter. I even have one I set up last year that's been super beneficial. I just call it daily to do. And so in Trello, I have a column for each day of the week. And then I just have a checklist of things like, okay, every Monday, I need to get these things done. Every Tuesday, these things. And it's, I've been doing this for so long now is so ingrained. I don't even have to look at it anymore. That's when you know you're doing it right because it's like, you know, it's working. So things like that can really help. It is. And what's great about it is even if it's ingrained in your mind, it's written down. So if you ever need to assign any of these tasks to like a VA or someone like that, it's like a brain dump to them. You can say, here, just follow this, this Trello board. I use Asana similarly for social media breakfast. We also have the annual gift of guidance. And believe me, that's a lot of tasks. And that's all in Asana. What I like about Asana is you can actually set it up like a Trello board too. But you can also set it up to look like a calendar or a list depending on who you are. So I like Asana for that. Not everybody does. But I like it because I'm working with a team as well. And I can assign things to them through Asana, which is really nice. And it sends them an email and says, do this. So love Asana for that reason. But again, you know, we also talked about really quickly, like your autoresponders. I have ConvertKit and I have a couple of autoresponder sequences set up in there. That's really, really helpful. And I actually have a huge goal this year to do a bunch more of these autoresponder sequences in ConvertKit. This is like Me too. one of my, one of my yeah. to-do list things. Well, I want to tell you, I just signed up for ConvertKit. I've done the trial before, but I never fully signed up and I decided to take the plunge. I'm doing a massive promotion on my brand, like just not really rebranding, but just doing it like maybe, I don't know, just like really go 110% in on on promoting my brand, my Madeline Sklar brand. I got these new courses coming out. I got new Twitter articles I've been promoting. And so I've decided to just go all in on ConvertKit because it is such a powerful tool. So I'm going to leave MailChimp behind. 
and just take my email addresses with me and start in ConvertKit because I like the way their autoresponders work. It's very powerful and very easy yeah. to do. So my very team easy. and I are working on this right now and I'm really excited. So I'll definitely report back and let you know and our listeners know my progress on that. It's exciting. Yeah, it really is. And I, I've got a bunch of them I need to put together this year too. So we are on the same path. So the third thing that we really wanted to talk about was getting it on the calendar and looking for conflicts. And I found myself in a huge mess this year with that. I had over the last couple of weeks, I've had three major, major events that I had to do all within a two-week period. And I thought, well, how did I get it in this train wreck? And really, the bottom line is um, there was a couple of opportunities that popped up out of nowhere. But really looking at the calendar and being real clear about the conflicts that you have ahead of time will help you not to get overwhelmed. And often overwhelm leads to being stuck, I think. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, having your calendar and checking things, making sure you're not having conflicts because there's nothing worse than getting so overwhelmed when you have too many things lumped together. And I know, like you said, opportunities come up and listen, I'm just as guilty as 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 the next person where sometimes too good of an opportunity comes up and and you're going to be doing a lot and there will be some conflict. But if you really watch your calendar and and focus on that, you can ease things up and make it not as difficult, not as challenging. So I think it's really an important thing to look at. Also, I think that what's great about having things on the calendar is you can look ahead and kind of see where you need to be. And I think starting with the end in mind is yes. a really big and important thing that we have to do in order to move forward and throw away the things that you don't need. So one of the great podcast episodes I heard lately, we talk about Amy Porterfield a lot because we love her. But she had Kate Northrup on recently. And Kate Northrup wrote this really great book called Do Less. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It kind of focuses on women and how we are different than men. But even if you're a guy, there's some really cool stuff in there. And one of the exercises they did on this podcast episode of Amy Porterfield's was how to get results in the least amount of steps possible. So like writing down all your steps and then like thinking about how do we get there with the fewest amount of steps, the minimum viable product, the minimum viable steps or what do you want to call it? But that's really, really important, I think, is for us to look at what we're doing and think, what actually is getting the most results out of this? And what can I get rid of? And she made an example of how they were doing a lot of really pretty graphics for some of their stuff. And they realized, you know, these graphics, I mean, they're nice, but they're not like, they're not moving the needle for us. And so they got rid of that. And that actually freed up a bunch of time for one of her team members. So I'm just saying, think about the things you're doing. And some of them, you feel like you have to do them because you've always done them. But do you really need to do right. them? That's yeah, a good that's question, a great right? point. Yeah, it's a great yeah. point. And it, it is easy to fly by the seat of your pants, you know, and just get things going 100 miles an hour. But it is very beneficial to look at that end. I'm trying to be better about that. I'm trying to be better about, you know, what is the end goal and visualize it. Yeah. Because that's oh, powerful. Super important. Yeah, it's super powerful. And then another one that I really like and I do is I use the Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. And one of the things that he talks about, Michael Hyatt, is the three tasks kind of focus. So what three tasks must I finish today that will bring me one step closer to my ultimate goal? And he does it by week. So you have the big three projects, he calls them, and then the daily big three. So your big three projects for the week, these are the three things you're going to finish in the week. They're kind of big. They may have multiple steps in them. And then every day, those multiple steps break out over every day in three steps each day, understanding that you aren't going to be able to do 20 things per day. Some days you can get it done, but most days, yeah, you know, three is a good 
it's a good thing to aim for because you're usually going to hit that. And so I love that. And I actually been using that now for, I don't know, a year and a half. And I feel like it's really made a huge difference in my productivity. Although I feel like I've always been a person who gets a lot done. This has really focused my productivity, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And one of my favorite books is called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. They're these productivity experts. And they wrote this book. It is a game changer of a book. I mean, I've had to read it multiple times because it is that good. The book urges you to use this focusing question. And and I love this because it's on, they have a podcast too. And they say this line in every episode. And I've listened to it so much that is so ingrained in me. But listen to this. This is such a great question to ask yourself every day. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Isn't that powerful? I've actually used this so many times. I love this so much. I actually came up with this idea that we should do one thing per day a couple of years ago. And you said, hey, did you get that from the one thing book? And I'm like, no, I didn't even know there was a one thing book. And I actually went and read the one thing book. I'm like, oh, I guess this wasn't my idea, but cool. Um, It was just something that really resonated with me because sometimes even three things is too many things. (laughs) It's like one thing, get it done. And you know, if you systematically did one thing that moved you toward your ideal dream or goal or you know building your community or whatever it is every day for like say you know a year can you imagine where you're going to be at the end of that year exactly it is it, powerful for sure powerful super powerful so number 4 yeah getting help you know this is a big one you know why don't we get help and i have to say that for the longest time i was just the one person army just doing everything myself is cuz my attitude was like, well, I could do it faster. I don't have to wait on anybody. Let me just do it and be done with it. I'm the just do it girl. And so I just was always the army of one. But I have to say it is nice getting help. It's nice to be in a collaborative environment because when you're doing this, it helps you to not get so stuck in the details because not everything is going to fall on you. The team effort really pays off when everyone is helping. Everyone's working together. Plus, two or three heads are better than one any day, right? So the more people that are involved that are helping you, the easier it gets and you're not going to get so stuck in those details. Right. And I think the other big reason that people don't get help besides being the lone wolf, like you were talking about, is they feel like they can't afford it. Um, And I know that I was definitely there. When I first hired my VA, that was years and years ago at this point, but I really felt like I couldn't afford it. Like I felt like, you know, it was going to be take too much of my income. And when I got my VA, somebody told me, and I think this is, you know, pretty clear. I mean, how much money do you make per hour and how much money does your VA make per hour? And I answered that question. And then I thought, wow, I came up with this, what I thought was a brilliant idea. I said, hey, I know my VA can take this certain thing off my plate that is billable hours that I'm doing for a client. It was administrative type of work. It was like research. It was, it was, you know, tough work that took a lot of time. She could sit there and do that work for me and I could bill her out and I could actually pay for her in that client period of time. So if she worked like say five hours a month on that client, it basically paid for her for the entire month for me to use her for all my other stuff too. So I thought, wow, that's just a no brainer. So I started to do that. That was my first team member. And that really was a huge, huge thing for me is understanding that I could bill out my VA as an employee because I mean, you know, that's what she is. So she was a, co- a contractor, but I'm just saying you could bill them out. So I don't know. I think that was just a real like aha for me. Now it seems so obvious, but I know that some people will be listening to this and go, oh, ah, 
I can do that. Yes, you can. You can do that. Well, you know, for a lot of people, they look at the situation and go, okay, I need to be able to afford it. Let me, like, for an example would be like, because I was listening to a podcast episode earlier today and they talked about this. Like, well, I'll hire a team when I'm making the money to hire mm-hmm. the team. So with my online courses, once I'm making money from the courses, then I'll hire a VA. And so, and I used to be like that too. You know, it's, it's easy to get into that mindset and think, okay, I, you know, it's all in the way you look at it, right? Absolutely. What, what you're doing, which is what I'm starting to do now, Kimmy, you'll be so proud, is looking at it from the other direction. It's like, well, wait a minute. I will bring in more money to the business when I have more help helping me get things moving along faster instead of waiting. So I've hired a team that is helping me do more work, which is freeing up my time so I can go do bigger and better things that will move the needle forward and bring more income in. Yeah, you have time to work in your genius zone and make that money come in. So I think that's really, really important. And I know it seems counterintuitive, but it absolutely... You can't make more money until you have more people. I know that sounds really weird, but it's absolutely true. And then the fifth one that we came up with, which I think is really important, is downsize your expectations. So I know this sounds a little counterintuitive because everybody says, dream big and do big things. And you should dream big and do big things. But I think sometimes the expectations on ourselves, on what level we should be at at a certain time change. So I'm going to give you a little story to kind of do this. So earlier this year, my partner Fran in the Texas Travel Talk project that I do, she and I have been working together for years on influencer programs. We got an opportunity to launch a new conference at, at we called you know Travel Talk Converge. And we got a really great sponsor, Schlitterbahn, which is a water park here in Texas, who invited us to come out and have a conference at their facility um, here in Texas. And it was an amazing offer. But here was the problem. We had two months to plan the conference. And usually, honestly, it takes six months to plan a conference. It just does. But it was a really awesome opportunity. And I did, you know, it would have been easy to get overwhelmed and not do it and just say, hey, right. we can't do it this year because yeah. yeah, we just can't. And it would have been okay for us not to, I guess. But instead, we did it anyway. And we sold it as an intimate conference. Like there's not going to be too many people allowed to be here. You know, no more than X number of people. I think it was 30 is what we said. And I think we ended up with 25 or 26. So that ended up being super attractive to people because they want to have a more intimate experience and do it more mastermind style, you know, get more out of it, learn more from each other. And so going forward, honestly, we're going to keep it small and exclusive like that. The partner wants to do it again. She's already kind of planning with us to launch it again for next year. And by the way, we did put together a really funny... We called it the panic list. <laughs> it was it was a uh, Google Sheet with like a list of everything that needed to get done. But we kept it in one sheet. And guess what? Next year, we pull out the sheet and we start there to work go. it again. Exactly. So we already have a plan in place. And yeah, we'll add some things and change some things. But the truth is, we will not reinvent that wheel. We have like thought ahead. And what's awesome is that you can implement this. And you know, we did not allow ourselves to get stuck, I guess, in the feelings that we had or the ideal that we had. Because what's the ideal conference? Let's have 700 people and like everybody's dancing and, you know, talking about the experience. Well, we had a lot of people talking about the experience afterwards too, but we just scaled it down to micro size so that we could actually bite it and chew it and get it done. So did we make a million dollars off this particular conference? No. But what I'm trying to say is that that's going to grow and grow and grow. So think about the long term and don't feel like you have to do it all at once. 
Exactly. There's always room and time to grow bigger. So I think that's very wise. Now, some of the things that Kimi and I talked about in this episode, we'll have links in the show notes, like the Amy Porterfield podcast episode with Kate Northrup. It was really good. I listened to it too, really liked it a lot. And Kate's book called Do Less. Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner, which I've used before, is very, very good. And the One Thing book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. So go over to communitiesatconvert.com so you can get all that information. So what's our action item? Yes, let's have an action item because you know we love our action takers. So what we want you to do is uh, we want to know what's one system that you can put into place to make things run smoother. So ask yourself, what thing do you do over and over again? And come and share your ideas with us or or where you're stuck at in our Facebook group. Let's have a discussion about it. Uh, we're here to support you. So come join us and let's talk about it. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash communities that convert. And then use our secret password. What is that? Action. Action. We love action takers. And this is what this episode is all about. We have all felt stuck, guys, even us. Yes. And we love action. And guess what? The best way to get out of stuck that stuck place is to take action. So please come join us. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. All right. We'll be back next week. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at CammieChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.